0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand Up. I'm Sonny Sanger and I will be your host today. We're gonna to continue the DevOps series and we've got a parking lot um, episode for you, which is the topic on that is today is on outcome and metrics. Joining me today, friend of the podcast, Jesse Mar chan Senior Director, DevOps, ISBN, People and Enablement Operations, and another friend of the podcast, you've heard him here before, Dominic Meyer, Principal Engineer at SAP. How are you both doing today?
1: Doing well, happy to be here.
0: Wonderful, yeah. thank you. Cool. So over the last, now we're talking about the last four or five episodes, we've spoken a lot about three ways, the failures, um, experiment, learning experiments, learning culture as well. So we have a good understanding of what DevOps is. I um, want to switch it a little bit now um, from two, probably, points of view. So let's, let's start to cover off a little bit more around what is the outcomes that we want to see in the industry when it comes to DevOps? And then at a team level, how do I know if I'm doing DevOps the way it should be? And um, potentially if, if I'm not doing it the way it should be, what are some of the pointers that give me that indication as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so let me start at the macro industry level. Um, and and I'll, I'll walk you through sort of a brief timeline of some major milestones in in, in roughly the the DevOps history, um, and you know I think the the TLDR version of this is you know unsurprisingly companies that that do DevOps learn faster, improve their practices faster, and 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 that shows up in in the market and in their stock prices, but but. Before we get there, let me sort of talk you through some of the timeline and, and, and then talk about where, where, where we see ourselves. So, you know, as early as like, I think around 2003, that's when Google introduced their SRE or Site Reliable Engineering Model, which is very similar to, to DevOps um, and, and can be described as uh, a class of DevOps for uh, for those that have have uh, read and, and learned about some of the SRE um, information. Um, you know, 2006. Moving to 2006, infrastructure. Um, you know, in the cloud is, is becoming a thing. So AWS was introduced in 2006. The term DevOps was was coined at at a conference in Ghent around uh, 2009. Uh, 2012, Netflix, Simeon Army, KS Monkey open sourced was open sourced, and there was a state of DevOps report. First published in t- 2014. So, you know, we can see over about that uh, decade, decade plus one, a lot of the foundational elements were starting to be put into place. A lot of people were starting to, to look at those from a practitioner perspective. Uh, and, and the companies that you could sort of consider being some of the forefronts for of, of DevOps practitioners. Uh, things you know companies that you would think of like Google and Netflix and and Amazon. I mean, if you really look at their share price compared to other other tech companies, uh, including ours, uh, you can really see some of, of the really the the vast differences in, in growth. and um, a, a slide I, I have and I like to talk about is is sort of vastly out, out of date now because of the time and the stock market fluctuations. but but you know we're we're talking, you know, triple-digit percentage changes compared to you know uh, over the same period. You know, um, teens and 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 tens of of percentile changes. So, you know, at 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 the end of the day, you can see that the ones that have done DevOps, there is a good, pretty good correlation with with uh, higher performance, uh, not only in the technical space but as as a company and in the share price. Um. So that's one thing, and and then another another uh, some other research that uh, Forrester did that was looking at how uh, agile and DevOps uh, how well they work either separately or together. Find that um, you know running agile and DevOps together, you know you'll see some some really interesting data that shows that you know frequency of deliveries increased by you know eighty three percent and faster business value of 69% uh, 64% improved technical quality and you know 47% greater predictability results aligned to requirements so you know we've talked a lot about the reasons why but from a peer outcome and an industry perspective tons of data you know from share price all the way into these uh, other quantitative measurements that the outcomes are are very aligned to what what uh, Hopefully we all desire.
2: Yeah, I think I think here I would also like to add a point Um, what we always try to uh, advertise is we do this for two groups like for customer satisfaction as Jesse said, like you see the stock price. When you are asked, like, who offers uh, great usability, you get the same five companies. When you ask, like, hey, who has the nicest engineering blocks, like, solve the problems most uh, sophisticated or smart, you get the same five uh, companies. Um, So you always get the same answers. And in the end, I think they just focus a lot on their customer. Um, and in a second layer, and I think this cannot be stressed enough, they focus also on the developer experience. And I think in there, then you can measure a million things. Um, what we personally li- uh, like the most about DevOps and the DevOps culture especially is the lead time to change. So is it called lead time to change? I need to like, mm-hmm. yeah, lead time yeah. for changes uh, mm-hmm. or like, the, let's say the deployment frequency, there is this... Uh, Um, most quote, like an often quoted uh, statement, which is like 10 deploys a day. Um, Again, if we look back to some episodes ago where we talked that deployment is not releasing, um, if you keep this in mind, like you can deploy 10 times a day and have not released a thing, But I think these two in combination are our um, biggest uh, advertisement, right? So Mm -hmm. we want to see what the customer wants and we want to deliver it within two days. And I think this is the big difference, right? You see the, for example, on Spotify, you see the, the like button changes every second day. One day it's a thumbs up. Let me see for today. Today it is a heart uh, next time you go, it, there is another button and they constantly like uh, literally every day or maybe even A-B testings, they try to see what the customer likes most. And I think mm-hmm. this is for us the, the biggest metric, like to to react as fast as possible to something the customer requests or, or, or found as a bug. So, yeah, this is for us the key, I mm-hmm. think.
0: The question yeah. for you, Dominic. We- which like button do you like them
1: <laughs>
2: I yeah I'm from this group I really don't I don't spend too much thought as long as I find which one it is so today it is the heart um, yeah I I don't know why it changes maybe it's some form of testing but currently the heart is there so I would know this is kind of my means favorite uh, maybe in podcasts it's different but yeah I don't yeah. have a favorite as long as a user you immediately see what
0: means favorite well do you know what i never picked that up on spotify now you've said that every time i look at the like button (laughs) i'll think of this conversation
2: yeah please i mean they they also constantly change like they show the lyrics now so it's really like you always know what it is but to me it seems like it constantly moves around
1: Yeah. yeah yeah and so you know i think you also so Dominic, I think you made a nice transition into like what, what teams should think about. And you mentioned deployment frequency and lead time for changes and, and sort of the customer feedback. There's, there's also a really, really fantastic book for those that haven't heard of it. It's called Accelerate uh, the Science of Lean Software and, and DevOps. And it's by Nicole uh, Forsgren who's, who's, uh, who's, who's spoken here at, at SAP a few times. And I think those videos may, may be available. Uh, Jess Humble and Gene and Kim, and, and it really looks uh, uh, at a bunch of different data points to try to correlate what are the key metrics um, that define what an elite performer looks like from a DevOps team. And, and two of those ones, uh, metrics already mentioned, deployment frequency, lead time for changes. Uh, also, the other two are time to restore service. Uh, sometimes known as MTTR, uh, but basically how long does it take you to um, restore a service when there's an incident or defect that impacts users like an unplanned outage or service impairment uh, or and also change failure rate. So uh, what what uh, percentage of your changes you to introduce into production fail. So those are the, the four key metrics that 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 are very correlated with the uh, highest level performers. They tested a bunch of different um, um, metrics, but these were the four that actually are, are correlated. And, and just for an example of what an elite level DevOps performer, and, and not everyone has to be, uh, not every team has to be elite, but you should have some idea of what what type of level you do want to be at. But an elite level performer would, for example. Uh, deploy multiple deploys per day and pretty much be able to play and be able to, to deploy on demand um, lead time for changes would be less than one day time to restore a service is less than one hour and a change failure rate in, in you know the zero to 15 percent range and those things are also those metrics are also improving since this book have, has been out that compares to like a low performer uh, deployment frequency once every month and once every six months so if you think of monthly or quarterly or uh, annual deployments, that's uh, um, probably some area to, to work on. Lead time for changes between one and six months. Time to restore service between one week and one month. And the change failure rate, 46 to 60%. So you can see the, the vast differences and, um, and uh, between the elite and low performers. I
2: think this comes as a package. Um... So what we need to maybe uh, reflect here is that you can never deploy an on-premise product uh, 10 times per day. Mm -hmm. Um, No customer will say, yeah, happily to give you access to our stuff, deploy 10 times a day, it's no worries. Um, So I think this ties a little bit also in the next episode where it's about cloud applications that you always need a little bit the whole DevOps package. Um, which ties a little bit into cloud native development. So it's really tricky um, to kind of do the full DevOps uh, experience when you don't have a cloud product, because if you deliver an on premise uh, WAR file or char file, whatever you deliver, it mm-hmm. will be super tricky to deploy so many times as you want to do the small changes because then you want to not disturb the customer every day 10 times. You want to disturb him maybe every three months. So yeah, it's a bit tricky. So it ties a little bit in the rest of the culture that you can achieve these metrics. Yeah. Um, something I would also like to point out here are two more things. Jess, you mentioned books. Um, we basically slam everyone the book onto their desk or virtual desk when they arrive they can order it from ariba is the uh, the devops handbook yep. it's if you read this and i can really recommend everyone to read it you will need you, you face you face palm every second page um, you read like, Hey, you should do ABC and you're like, okay, I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do this. Okay. Next page. You should do mm-hmm. D E. Okay. We also don't do this Oh, we do it wrong. So it's really an, uh, eye opener. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you read this book, <clears throat> something else on this, uh, key metrics for elite performers that you pointed out is this, the whole package of DevOps that we just discussed. Uh, I jumped a little bit left to right, but I wanted to also mention the book because it's really a good input. Um, Time to restore the service. So if you read on DevOps and kind of its key aspects or pillars, one of them is to have literally everything as code or a lot of what you can to have it as code to reduce Mm -hmm. um, efforts of maintainability, to make it repeatable, scalable and so forth. And I think time to restore a service is something you can really optimize when you have everything as code and version control, because then to restore a service means to revert one commit. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to point this out because this sounds very difficult to do, how to restore, but if you reflect all the concepts of of DevOps, you will have it as code. So to restore a service means actually just to revert. So I think this is also something where you can start.
1: And, and uh, one, one other note for, for, if you're a team that is still very on-prem focused, uh, yes, DevOps is, is much harder, but don't be scared. You can still do it and it will still bring you tons of values, value. So this is, DevOps is not only intended to be be cloud-based, cloud to really be an elite performer in DevOps, you, you must be just like, you know, having T or E-shaped skill sets. But uh, that, that being said, uh, don't be scared. You, you, can, you can do it even on, as an on-prem Absolutely. type of focus team. Absolutely.
0: Cool. Good way to wrap up this particular episode, unless there's any other topics we wanted to cover off on metrics and outcomes.
2: I, I just wanted to point out two other metrics, which for us come to surface to the top every day. Um, so, if we talk about testing and quality, I think what comes up as a key metric um, is coverage in any sort. Uh, either it's feature coverage, like that everything you deliver um, has, is kind of at least tested once, uh, preferably automatic, but can also be manual, manual test cases. Um, there is also the coverage of just line coverage, as you know it. So, this also increases immensely the quality. Um, So I think these two are also key metrics to take away, that you keep this in mind. Um, In the coverage, it's also addresses, uh, feature coverage also addresses the regression, right? If you made a mistake, you want to do the learning culture curve and you want to cover it preferably with a test, right? Mm -hmm. So next time you don't do the same mistake again. And I think this is also a good metric to have 100% regression test coverage, because it means you learned and you will never do the same mistake again. Yeah. Or in this combination, at least,
1: code code coverage is great. Um, I would I would say yes, twelve of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in one one other tip. Um, please have the right culture and the right mindset around code coverage. Uh, don't just dictate a a, a specific uh, number or percentage. In, in my uh, in my experience, you, you could also incent some uh, bad behavior. It's you can write. Uh, a bunch of tests without assertions and and get your hundred uh, percent. So uh, you know in the in the wrong using the wrong way that that metric uh, will become um, incent the wrong behavior. But it, it code coverage is, is very good when used in the right way and uh, especially on new features and and regressions. Uh, but um,
2: um, yeah, this you is. Know, a- this is a perfect point. We once were asked, like, how many test cases do you have? Report your amount of test cases, and we tried to argue, and it was hopeless. So yeah, the real the the um, correct culture is really important. Thanks, Jesse. That's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, fun to say. Yeah, we're gonna have ninety percent test coverage on everything starting tomorrow, and everyone's like, well, uh, okay, I'll just write my tests with no assertions. Yeah, write and... one test that tests ninety percent. Ninety percent. Yep we're, we're, we're yeah. good <laughs> yeah no that's that. don't do that by the way
0: <laughs> for our listeners who are maybe um, new to these metrics or haven't deployed all of these based on your two's experience which one would you say you our listeners could start with if they're absolutely brand new which one's a good one to start with or is there a good one to start with do they all Tying together.
1: I mean, going back to those those full four key deployment frequency, lead time, or changes time to restore service, and, and change failure. Um, if you're thinking about DevOps, you should think about all of them. I, I don't know that there's one or the other that you should should necessarily start with. Try to look at all of them. the The way to measure um, lead time and 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 deployment frequency is going to very much depend on your um, pipeline. Uh, from from code committed out, out to deployment. So if you're using Jenkins or if you're using you know Hyperspace or things like that, I believe some of those things uh, are starting to be built in to be measured. Um, if you're using some other CI/CD pipeline, those should be fairly accessible in terms of 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 how long each stage uh, or each part of the pipeline takes takes, uh, and then on the deployment frequency, obviously how many how often you do it. Um, Time to restore service. Change failure rate. Um, change failure rate. Again, you can you can you can sort of track by by you know how many number of deployments cause cause incidents, uh, and and probably P ones to start with. I mean, you can, if you want to think about P twos or other other incident levels, um, you can do that. But but you know certainly the P ones. Uh, what percentage of, of changes created P1s uh, and, and time to time to restore service again depends on on how good your observability and traceability is in terms of how easy and automated it is to track that. Uh, but um, that can also somewhat be done manually if you really needed to, depending on your how you do your incident tracking uh, and incident resolution. Um, so. If you're just starting off and it's a new product and, and, you're, and you don't have a full system built around that, just, you know, you might have to do it manually compared to, or versus if, you know, you have, you're running a product for a long time and you have systems that, that you have your full incident service management concepts um, and, and observability frameworks and things, then it becomes a little bit more automated. Yeah,
2: from my side, I think it's, as Jesse said, a little bit tricky to just pick one and start, because you will influence all the others. One thing, uh, I think you can pick two from each side that I mentioned, like one from, let's say, the customer perspective, also development perspective from the customer perspective, and one only from the developer perspective. I think one that we start try to optimize an easy metric is um, how fast developers get feedback. Um, I think it's not really um, something that you would then publish. Um, it ties a little bit in how long if I want to do, let's say I already do small changes, right? So the bigger your changes, the longer you will have to wait because like one, two, three people need to look at it. So I think it is important to strive for small changes from the beginning against your trunk, against the main branch. I think this is something one can try, right? Mm-hmm. I make a pull request, maximum five files, maximum 300 lines, not 200 files and a million lines. No one will review it. The quality will be bad of the review. And those who will review it will look at it one hour and then say, looks good to me because it's just annoying to review so yeah. many files. Yeah. So this is something for the devs uh, or yeah. for the engineers mm-hmm. where you can start um, because then it will also go faster for your uh, change rate And this then will allow you the second metric I would propose is I wouldn't say um, that you immediately like that you release to production. It can be a very long time to release, sorry, to release to the customer. It can be a very long time. So the one thing that can also be measured is just from long, from how long it takes from, let's say, the creation of the user story or someone starts to work on it until it had, has reached the main branch and it has been deployed. It's a little bit a measure. I don't know chess if there's an official term, but sometimes as engineer, it's not in your I said jurisdiction to release, right? Mm-hmm. You are basically mm-hmm. done when you yeah. uh, deployed it behind a feature flag and then you depend maybe on your PL or some approval that it mm-hmm. gets released. And yeah. I think there we need to you need to find a measure for your team which where you can say, hey, all our changes that we do to the code base arrive deployed on production after maximum 10 days. And this is really good, right? Because then you it's out of your hands when it gets released, but you know, our team is capable of doing changes in 10 day cycle in three day cycle, always shorter. Um, Yeah. I think these are two smaller metrics where you can start with your team.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, and bringing this back to, to agile for a second. I mean, just think of uh, a, a sprint. Are you able to plan, deploy, or sorry, plan, code, test, deploy all within one sort of sprint cadence? And, and if not, that's another way of saying, well, how, how do we shorten those feedback cycles to, yep. to be able to do that? Um, one other tip, I think, on things that are easy to measure at at some point you're going to be frustrated on your DevOps journey. I mean that's pretty pretty common, uh, and and that's a, a great chance to to step back and and do the Westrum Org Culture Survey. Very easy to do. Again we've talked about it before. Helps you identify the, the culture you're working in, and that 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 always helps bring clarity to you and 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 the team about uh, what behaviors you're seeing that are that that could be also frustrating you so so easy thing to measure um super valuable and 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 great to use both when you're frustrated as well as every now and then as a check-in
0: brilliant okay it's a great way to end this episode i'm sunny i'm dominic and jesse until the next iteration you can give us a rating at your podcast provider or shoot us an email at info at com, or find us on Twitter at Faster Stand Up. Thanks for listening, and that was Faster Than a Stand Up.
1: The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.